This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. Okay, we are going to have a fun time. One minute past the hour, it's Wednesday, September 16th. I'm Larry Flick. You're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM LQ. William Baldwin has entered the room, and uh, he is sharing the trials and tribulations of parenthood. Ain't easy, is it? Oh man, I'm 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 up to my ears in this stuff right now. I got a 15 year old, a 13 year old, and a 10 year old, and it's it's and it's tough right now because rarely are we both on the road together. And Chana's on the road with her band. You know, my wife is Chana Phillips, and she's running around with Wilson Phillips right now. Toronto, New York, Mohegan Sun, Orlando, San Francisco, Calgary, and we're both on the road for. I'm on the road for 10 days, and she's on the road for for three weeks. And oh, our kids no. aren't used to having us both going at the same time. So goodness knows what's going on in the liquor cabinet or, <laughs> you know, with sleepovers and Good parties. Good with that, man. Yeah, they're probably trash in the joint. So, so funny. I mean, it's just, it's not easy. This is why, you know, talking with you before we turned the mic on, I kept thinking, this is why some of us have cats, because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. You're you have nerves of steel. Yeah, I'd be it, a basket case. I love it. It's the funnest thing I've ever done. And but it, but it's it's really complicated because yeah. sometimes you know you're making mistakes as you're making the mistakes, and you tr- you try to like reset the boundaries, and you you, you try to hit the refresh button and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm not going to do that from now on. And one of the one of the one of the most interesting problems is with parenting. My father was a teacher. He had six kids. He made $19,000 a year. We never had a car that ran. We never went on vacation. I never went on a plane. I never ate in a restaurant. And now I'm in a position to do all of those things for my kids. One of my daughters is, you know, rides horses. They, two of my kids have tutors. And I'm in a position to do more for my children that my, parent, that my parents could ever do for me. Mm. And, but where do you strike the balance of being able to do, to, be able to do more go on vacations and have a couple of nice things, but not do too much. I mean, I literally had a job when I was 12 years old. I worked security. I worked landscaping. I worked in a factory. I drove a forklift. I was lifeguarding. I was bartending. I would cash my check. My mother would put me in the car. We'd go to Marine Midland on Long Island. She cashed the check, put 40 bucks in my account, give me another 20 bucks to spend, and then take the money, roll it up, put it in her purse, and look at me and say, don't tell your father. Oh, my goodness. And she took every dime that I made. My father, for all those years, thought I was working to to put myself through college, and she took every dime I made from every summer from sixth grade on. And my father never knew. He died when I was 19. Well, he knows now. And, um, and, you know, there's a part of that character-building stuff that I had growing up with, not a lot of money and six kids in a rowdy, rambunctious sort of Irish Catholic family that my my kids will kind of never know. So I want them to have part of what I had, and I and I want to, you know, get rid of the. Ba- I want them to keep the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm struggling trying to figure out how to it's do a, that. It's a, well, it's a, it's, the best you can do is follow your instincts, right? Follow your gut, follow your faith, and have faith in them. It's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been it's it's so. Um, funny as you're talking I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you and I'm thinking we've met a few times over the years sure. and uh, and I've I've known your wife over the years as well I remember actually interviewing her 
across the street from your apartment building in New York before you got married for Naked and Sacred, mm-hmm. the solo record. She ran down and she was late. She was like, I just couldn't leave my fiance. And then I remember meeting you a few months later at the Billboard Music Awards because that's where I was working at the time. And you guys have always been so lovely to work with, to deal with. So I appreciate you coming to visit Even today. when she's late. Even when she's late. She's no, late. she's a great lady. 24 years together. We just had our 20th wedding anniversary. Isn't that nice? And um, still going she's great. She's a cool, cool lady. Yeah. And, uh, and a, just very talented. And you guys are just, uh, you know, it's nice to see a real couple in I the public that. eye. And she's, uh, it's funny that you would call her real. Uh, by my, I, mean, I used to t- tell her my childhood, like I had the same parents. I grew up in the same house. I went to the same school. And, uh, you know, my father was my little league coach and the Cub Scout master. And her version was my parents got divorced when I was two. My mom lived with Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson and married Dennis Hopper. I lived with Jack Nicholson for three years. She was always dating Rudolph Nureyev and, and Jagger <laughs> on the side. And I went to 15 different schools in 12 years. And as soon as I told her I went to the same school, my father was my Cub Scout master. She's like. Will you marry me? <laughs> you know, she, uh, seriously, five months into our relationship, she made an engagement ring out of out of Reynolds aluminum foil. Oh my God, how cute! And she got down on her knees and she proposed to me because I think she looked at me and said, "Like I need like a normal guy." Like his dad was was a high school football coach. Yeah, I love this guy. Well, I mean, the the stories of your family and the stories about your mom, uh, the way you and your your siblings have always spoken about your mom is always so sweet and so inspiring. She sounds like. Uh, she was a great, great lady to be raised by. Really, really cool person. Yeah, she was, um, you know, she was nutty. I mean, she was a woman that was raising kids in the 60s and 70s, and um, she had six kids. And, and you know, wh- what's interesting about my mom is, she, first of all, she survived uh, raising the six kids. She didn't have the greatest relationship with my dad. We all used to bet. We'd sit around the kitchen table at breakfast, and my mom would be making breakfast, and we would all talk about, because of the way my mother took care of herself, you know, you go by, by the side of her bed and there would be an empty, you know, those bags of, of, of Milky Ways or Snickers that have the bite-sized candy bars in them. And there would be a bag with all the empty wrappers on the floor around it and like four empty cans of Tab. <laughs> I don't even know if you can get that stuff in North America. I don't know anymore. if you can get it anymore. And she would she would drink like seven Tabs and eat like like however many of those bite sizes are in the entire they bag. Can, the bag they, would they be kind gone. Of, you know, they kind of countered each other. So we would, <laughs> so we would bet like what's the over under on Mom making it? Because my dad died at fifty five. We were saying like what's the over under on Mom making it to, making it to seventy? And everybody in the family went all in. That she wasn't going to make it to seventy. <gasps> wow! Right in front of, I mean, of course, we were just mocking her, and she's like, "Stop that! That's not funny." Lo and behold, she's eighty-five years old. How the heck she's ever gotten here? Tab and Milky Way. So my mother. She's now, of course, she's an injecting diabetic, and uh, her answer to to this day at eighty-five, her answer to like, you know, she she makes brownies for the kids and samples a couple of them, and she just like doubles down on the insulin. She's like, "I'll be okay, honey. My sugar's four thousand over two hundred. <laughs> I'll be okay. I'm losing See, consciousness. Was that the lights? Did the lights just go out or did I just pass out? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Honey. Your mother sounds like me because I'm an injecting diabetic now. And uh, and every once in a while, I'll just I just want some bread today. I'm just going to do the dance. I'll just do, right? I'll just do a couple of extra units. It's okay. I won't die. I promise. My mother wow. thinks eating well. My mother thinks eating well is eating literally She'll eat a bowl of pasta with some bread 
and have a piece of pie, but she had a green salad with it. She's like, well, it wasn't so bad. And the tomato like, sauce, honey, the tomato sauce was healthy. You know, you... You the tomato sauce is healthy. Only. She wanted to eat something the other night. I said, Mom, I want to introduce you to this new thing. It's called hummus. I said, it's great. I said, she, it's all protein. She probably thought it's it was no the sugar. most disgusting thing. I just snack thing. on this stuff. I said, I'll throw some stuff in there that'll make it taste better. Have this with some carrot sticks. And it's just, it's not just as good as a piece of peach pie, but I'll tell you, it's really good and it's a hell of a lot better for you. And she said... <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> so the yeah. same thing I tell yeah. Dale. Yeah, that looks good. No. But no thanks. Well, William Baldwin <laughs> is here to talk about, he's actually here to talk about a, yeah, it's a, about a movie. Time. Can we talk about the movie? But, you know, but it's interesting. Mom, you always do this. You always take over. You're not even I here know. and you're taking over. I would over. love <laughs> to meet your mom. I would love to meet your mom. You wouldn't get a word in it twice. Uh, the movie, it's a Hallmark movie, is called Lead With Your Heart. And actually what's really, in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a very sweet way, this all kind of like, leads to this movie because the movie which uh, which William uh, is the executive producer of um, takes a look at a relationship relationship between a couple who are at that crossword roads you know when uh, there is a little bit of emptiness syndrome um, mom gets a, a job opportunity outside of the city where they've been living and they suddenly become a commuter long distance couple and a lot of questions arise and mm -hmm. Um, and I watched this with a lot of interest because I'm in a long-distance relationship. Mm -hmm. My husband lives part-time in the UK. And we've been doing it for 12 years, mm -hmm. and it's super hard. And to, to watch a movie talk about how hard it is for two people to be together when their lives are demanding that they not be. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. What was what was uh, what well, was? Well, I think having separation in a relationship is absolutely really good and really healthy. It depends. It just I do depends too. on the balance. If you're together, you know, six eight weeks, and somebody takes off for four or five days, that separation is really really good. Now, if you're together for ten days and then someone's gone for two or three weeks, and that's that's how you're dealing with a relationship, that can be that could be challenging. But yeah, you've got to really. Uh, you got to really be on top of things in order to make that relationship work. Uh, listen, I'll tell you, my, my my the film, lead with your heart this Saturday, what nine o'clock on Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. Um, I wanted to make a film. I was doing, I was promoting another Hallmark movie that I did called Be My Valentine. They asked me to do the Marie Osmond show. I'm on the Marie Osmond show, and I said, you have eight kids, and she said, yeah, and I said, and you divorced their dad, and she said, yep, and I said. Then you took like a stupid pill and somehow it made you fall back in love with him and you married your ex-husband. You guys are back together and everything's cool. She's like, better than ever. And I said, you know, my sister married her husband. She met him when she was 14, married him when she was 19. From 22 to 29, she had six kids in seven years. And 26 years into the marriage, they divorced. And now 10 years into the divorce, they're sort of hanging out again. They're like more than friends. They're like, they're shagging. <laughs> And and they're like I think they I think they're like you know hooking up, and I turned to the camera and I said and the live studio audience of the Marie Osmond show and I said that sounds like another Hallmark movie, and they all laughed and like three days later Hallmark was calling me and we sat down and I said I want to do a movie, about people that fight for something that matters to them that fight for something that's important. A lot of marriages in this country should not have started. A lot of them ended for good reason. And there's this huge middle where people are quitting and walking away with or without kids and they shouldn't be they don't realize they have the tools in the toolbox to make some adjustments that are that are super meaningful have a huge impact 
and it, can, and it can have legs. It's not a quick fix high where it's good for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. You can, I've made some adjustments in my relationship with China that are, have absolutely stunned me. I didn't think we were going to be able to do it. And not only did we do, did we do it, uh, it came, hard changes came fairly easily. And I think hard changes can come fairly easily if what you're fighting for matters to you, whether it's your job or your, your, your partner or your children or whatever. And, it's, and, and, and you have to believe that it's the right person because 12 years in my relationship as it's structured right now um, would only work with this one specific person. It would not work with another person in my life. I mean, you just, and I think the same thing is true for you in China. Whatever, whatever compromises or changes you've made in the parameters of your relationship, they work even if they're super hard because somehow your gut tells you. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to listen to your instincts, and you know it's the right person. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I like that about this movie. Do you have like a like a Green Acres relationship? Because I do, like a Ricky and Lucia. You guys like like we're are like you similar or opposites? Because Chad and I couldn't be. We're not. We're, we're very very different. We're very very different indeed. I'm kind of the buffoon in my marriage. Right. I'm sort of like. Have you ever seen the show Everybody Loves Raymond? Of course. I'm Ray. Okay. I'm the total like idiot. Well, he's kind of a savant. Yeah. Actually, he's he's yeah. he's like Edith Bunker. He's like a he's like a, actually a genius in a in a very ditzy way. Would you tell him that right now? He's okay. listening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My relationship with my wife is very very. And the the thing that was interesting, also a thing that I love about this movie, is some of the stuff that make you fall in love with somebody and make you interested and make you attracted to them. Are can can cut both ways. They don't cut both ways in the first couple of years of the relationship. No. When you get into the relationship, fifteen years, those very things. Like my wife said to me, "Honey, I love you. You're my man. Uh, I want. I'm in till the end. You're the father of my children. But I just can't live with you anymore. I want to. I want to like. I want to go like go get my own place. I can't like live under the same roof as you because of your attitude, your energy, the way you communicate." And that was what made her fall in love with me in the first place. Like she met everybody that's from sort of Philly, New York, Boston, in that Northeast corridor. They have a certain energy and they have a certain mm-hmm. attitude and way in which they communicate. And it was a major attraction for my wife. She's like, I'm, I feel safe. I feel protected. No one's ever going to mess with me. He'll yeah, because we're aggressive. Because I'm a New Yorker. He'll we're never aggressive. Let anybody hurt me. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, instead of that being projected outward towards the world with her behind my back, all of a sudden it shifted and it was sort of starting to become directed towards her. And she's like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. You know, now, and I said to her, you know, where I grew up, the women that I grew up with, all the Italian and Irish girls that I grew up with, this is like a mating call. Like when you communicate like this, <laughs> exactly. they like, not only do they like it, but they give it right back, <laughs> back to you. To it's you. like foreplay. <laughs> and I exactly. said, but you're like a, an, you know, oh, because she's know, a, a California LA, girl is a lot like a British because my partner's British. Hippie, yeah. You know, and she thought it was really great. And it was like a novelty. But after, you know, not 24 years, it was a long time ago. After like, you know, 14, 15 years, she's like, boy, I'm pacing myself and I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm really <laughs> trying here. And, wow. and the very thing that made her feel like really safe and made me very attractive to her was making her feel not was making her feel the opposite. It was making her feel unsafe. She's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Well, because the quirks and the, the quirks that you think are kind of fun in a person's personality will eventually repel you. Mm-hmm. They will, because there yeah. are certain things. Very, very interesting what you just said. Because they will. If you're listening out there, hear that because the, the like, you're right. 
And the same thing with my wife, the same little, exactly the quirks and idiosyncrasies that I thought, you know, I thought a couple things like, oh, that's so cute. That's so sweet. That's so charming. Yeah. That's what makes her different and unique and special. And that's why I'm falling in love. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing the same thing 15 years later. I'm like, dude, Lord, I'm trying here. I'm pacing myself here. But I, 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 I you know, you know what it is? 98, 98 times out of 100, it's adorable in the beginning of the relationship. And like every once in a while, it's like, whoa, like, I know this is like. I don't know if I can handle this. And then when you get 15 years in the relationship, it's not adorable 98% of the no, time. No, because... It's still adorable. It's still adorable. Like half the time. But that's because you've also, let's be hardcore blunt, it's because you've had sex with them for 15 years. When you've when it's like that's part of one it. or two years that's into it, it, and you're thinking, that's so adorable, get naked. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on. Let's be real. After 15 years, it's like, I already know, what the, what's, you know what's inside that Christmas package. I love it. I want it. But... Could you shut the fuck up for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Just five, five minutes. Oh, my wife, that's, you could ask my wife that. She was, yeah, we were at dinner the other night with the head of her record label. We were at dinner with the head of her, he asked me a question. And I'm answering the question, I'm like 17 seconds into responding, it was a question about the, the shifts in the television industry and how much the proliferation of cable and what's going on in the market and everything, as opposed to the record industry. I'm answering the questions, and all of a sudden I hear, Oh boy, here we go. Oh my god. And I look over and my wife is looking at another guy at the table pointing to him. She's like rolling her eyes. Oh. Like, and she's gesturing like, "Here we go. Billy's going to give his like college lecture series, his like, you know, his PhD thesis oh, on the television industry." So you know what I hear? And I look at my wife and I'm like, you're, you're like these other couples at the table I was cool with her, the head of her label, Monty Lippman, is a good is a good. I know her. Monty Lippman. But Monty, Monty, we're having dinner with Monty, and it was like I don't know him well enough for her to punk me like that, so it kind of embarrassed me in front of a, a big swinging, you know, you know what? In, eh, he's a in good show guy. Business. I know that, but I was like, Donnie, don't embarrass me in front of an executive like that, please. Oh my God, because you know what Shane will do? He'll say, you know, we're not on the air right now, because I'll start. Someone will ask me a question, and I'll start talking. He'll say, Yeah, we're not on the air right now. You can kind of bring it in. Yeah, no, China does the same thing. <laughs> wow. She's like, cliff notes, cliff notes. Yeah. He's like, how about you get to the point before the commercial break? And then break? She, oh, she says, Billy is... Yeah. She says to me, she, she says to me, um, what is the line that she always says to me? She's like, you know, of course she says, like, cut to the chase, but she goes, Billy has this weird way of telling a story where he digresses so many times he forgets what the original point was, and then <laughs> after digressing, like, 17 times, it finally pops back in through this, this series of digressions. It, like, comes back full circle, and, and you know, 20 minutes into the story that he's telling, with with adding all this color commentary to it, she's like, I'm like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, and she's right, because every once in a while I'm like... Oh yeah, that's right. And then I realized what the point was, and I tell the point. So the point, with, the problem with me is that he'll say you're teasing the point, like you're trying to keep the listeners engaged. Oh, we're running out of interest. Work. Get to it. Let me <laughs> tell you something. Ooh, shame. I am a very good storyteller, as your audience can already tell. I am a very good storyteller, and I know what I'm doing. I know what buttons to sw to flip and what's what to switch, say, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I don't need my wife to. But when you've been listening to these stories for twenty years, well, exactly. Like, really? This you know, one again? So you know what? Yeah, yeah. So you know what I pull out? I say I get paid for this. Like <laughs> right. you're getting for free, I get money for this. Right. Like All the right. meter's not running right now. You would normally have to tip me for this story. Gotta steal that. <laughs> Gotta steal that one. <laughs>
so yeah, lead with your heart is really cute. It gets into it's about all of this. It gets into a lot of this stuff. It gets into a lot of this. About it really people does. People are evolving at different rates and going in different directions, and and empty nest syndrome. And the wife, I mean, they met in high school. They're high school sweethearts. They went away to college. They come back to this little town. He's running Parks and Rec. She works her way from teller to manager at a bank. The big regional boss comes in and says, "We want to make. We want you to come in on maternity leave to cover for uh, an employee up in Minneapolis, four hours away." She decides not to come back from maternity leave. He offers her the permanent position, and the son's leaving for college, and they have this big decision to make: Does she give up the big chance to come home and not sort of rock the boat, or does he? Am I giving away the entire movie? No, 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 we're not giving uh, away the ending. And then, and then, or does he acknowledge like? You know, this is a great opportunity for for my woman, and uh, they sort of have to figure out how they're going to work this out. Are they going to be married, living apart? Is she going to walk away from the great opportunity, or or are they going to find another way to work through this crisis? What's great about the movie, y'all, and again, it's called Leave With Your Heart. It premieres Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock on Hallmark, is that it takes a look at all the things that are happening in a marriage at the kind of the the midway two-thirds point. And it's like, well, what happens when you have to reassess? Because life will force you to reassess at one point. How present are you? And how important are all the rules that you set in the beginning were, you know, to you now? And, and, and they cut a couple of deals with that. And I think what we've been talking about with our relationships is you, a good relationship, one that is in for the long haul, you renegotiate the rules. I think it's important to also express to your partner what you need, and you can't give them a long laundry list. You can say it was something that you may need that day or that week or that month or something you need consistently long term. And that changes, <laughs> that evolves. And I remember yeah. being in <clears throat> excuse me, in counseling, and this, this therapist said to China and I, he's like, what's the one thing? I don't want to hear anything else. No stories, no Billy going off on your digressions here. I said, China, what's the one thing you need from Billy right now in this moment? And it, you know, it could be, I don't know, it could be anything really. It could be a foot rub. Uh, what's the one thing you need? And Billy, what's the one thing you need? And and sh- we both asked each other for things that were not e- that I didn't think were going to be easy. They were really like she was asking me. I need you to communicate in an entirely different way. I said, Wow, that's really hard for somebody who's been who A, has been communicating a certain way, and it's in my DNA, number one. And number two, it was like something you found very appealing, and you found that to be very hot. Now all of a sudden, we're switching gears 20 years into the relationship. And we put that out on the table to one another, and I said, the thing that I need, you don't even need to be good at. I said, you could really suck at it. I said, I just need you to attempt to do it because you really don't want to do it, but you're going to do it because I need it and I'm asking you're going to do and it was really you're probably wondering like what sort of sexual act was that <laughs> no it was it was uh it was simply we run a business the Baldwin family and I wanted her to be a little bit more of an equitable partner in running the day-to-day details of the kids literally the shopping and the mm. cooking and getting them up and getting them dressed and getting them off to school and homework and tutoring and driving them to ballet and, and all that stuff it was it was being more equitable partners in 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 uh, running the business, you know. And here you are, mm-hmm. going well, yes. Oh, excellent, excellent. That's good news. Well, uh, William Billy Baldwin, it's really good to see you. You too. Thank you for stopping by. The movie is called Lead with Your Heart. It really is. It's charming. It's funny in places. It's heartbreaking at other places. It's it's classic Hallmark fare. It premieres Saturday on Hallmark at nine o'clock. And send our best to China. Okay. Stick around, there's more to come on The Jolt.